The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Keep Leading Live. Keep Leading Live, like the Keep Leading Podcast, is dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact through the power of executive and leadership coaching, facilitation, and professional speaking. My expert today is someone who is near and dear to my heart. I'm going to be talking to Dr. Robert Moore. Dr. Moore is one of the best foot and ankle doctors and surgeons in Texas. He's a thought leader in the field who is on the cutting edge of the ever-changing healthcare sector, and he sits on several hospital committees. He's a healthcare educator who teaches surgical techniques in one of our Houston residency programs, and he is the author of The Body of Knowledge, The Complete Weight Management System for a Lifetime of Health. Something else I'll tell you about Dr. Moore. He's my personal podiatrist. He is the man that keeps me going. Dr. Moore, welcome to Keep Leading Live. Thank you, Eddie. Really appreciate the opportunity. It's uh, amazing what happens. You enter into your 50s and everything goes from time rushing to appreciation. This is Telemedicine Tuesday and I appreciate you switching your show for me. So thank you very much for that here in my home office. And uh, this again, this is an honor. I appreciate you having me on the show. Oh, sir, the honor is all mine. I appreciate you being here. When I got the call from your team that, hey, Dr. Moore says he's got an opening for you. Oh, and it's not for your foot this time. (laughs) It's to be on your show. I'm like, I will take it. So, you know, we talk about leading on our feet, thinking on our feet as leaders all the time. And something I've discovered, Dr. Moore, is you can't lead on your feet, which is the title of today's episode, Leading on Your Feet. You can't lead on your feet when your feet hurt. (laughs) And in my situation, when I am hurting, I am humbled. I am absolutely hobbled to my knees. And uh, you bail me out every time. So can you just tell us a little bit more about your background, what I missed, and why foot health is so important. It's interesting where you start in your life and where you end up, but that's why I put a brief bio on the site that, you know, I'm mainly an engineer, math background, building models as a kid, kind of geekish where, you know, there's no iPads, so what are you gonna do? I mean, you you build models and you go out and play sports. Uh, With that background, 
uh, my mother being a nurse, I mean, all that mixed together took me from that math and engineering arena into the biological sciences, uh, transferred to Berkeley and finished off with a physiology degree. But there was something about the small intricacies of the feet. And, it, and what's funny is I get my hand surgery, to dip, to dip into your other question, I, I talk to my hand surgeon friends, I tell them, you know, how easy their profession is because, you know, even though it's the same amount of bones and the same amount of delicate surgery, uh, nobody's walking on their hands. So yes, my joke to my patients, and you know this well, uh, when your feet are hurting, uh, they're pretty desperate and that's why I have a job. So, uh, <laughs> it's my pleasure to get you guys back on your feet, back doing what you do best. And how can you do it if you're not comfortable and confidence you can lead? Absolutely. Now, some people may wonder, why are we talking about feet and talking to a podiatrist, a doctor of podiatry on the Keep Leading podcast? And that's because you are different than most, the many physicians. You know, I've unfortunately had to spend a little time in physicians' offices and such because of different family members and caring for people and uh, different parts of my life. And you just have an, an incredible bedside manner. You take the time to fix the patient and the problem and you educate your patients. And so I just felt like, wow, I wish there were more physicians like Dr. Moore. So I wanted to interview you from that perspective because you've got something a little extra that allows you to show up as a leader as a physician. And so that's why I want to talk to you about your view of leadership. Interestingly, I was, I wouldn't say push into a leading and teaching position, but when I came back to Texas, uh, even though I'm from Northern California, this is where the residency program was, was an easy fit to start teaching the residents. And early on, you're, you're focused on the technique, you're focused in on, you know, making sure they get the right blocking and tapping with in regards to the team effort, uh, the back table, and then your teaching starts to shift. I say now in my 25th year, it's about leadership. It really is. And I'm not trying to say this because of your show, but teaching is a leadership position mm -hmm. where you must transfer that information to your student the best way possible. I believe it's, you know, watching the teacher teach. It's, it's interesting because I know leadership is also about how you perform, how you hold yourself, what message you get across, uh, besides the fact that there's little idiosyncratic things that go through with surgery, which is trying to teach them what to do when things go wrong. So it, all that bundled up, it's been interesting that teaching is probably transferred into the waiting room, seeing the patient and thinking to myself, if I don't create a patient experience where they see what they have, find out how they can fix it, home remedies, what they do have, right down to the uh, pictures that I draw from my surgeries, uh, then I'm doing them a uh, disfavor because there's Google, there's other doctors. They're going to want to know why I'm doing it and why they're having a procedure so they feel better and they feel more relaxed. I love how you said you transfer the teaching that you do as a professor into the waiting room. That's brilliant. I love that. And I've experienced that. So I didn't know that that was your thought process, but I like that. And I've, I've experienced it. So I know how valuable that is. In fact, you've kind of like written on my ankle a couple of times as if I were a diver about what you were going to do <laughs> as you go in there. <laughs> I guess if your, wife, if, you're, if your wife's not up to speed and you don't take that map home, 
Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I love how you said that you create a patient experience. That says a lot. Now, you don't know this about me, but part of the work that I do is all around something called the experience economy from Joe Pine and Jim Gilmore. And so in very specific areas of my work, that's been my whole thing, pattern after their book, creating an experience. So I didn't know that, that, again, that was your philosophy on that. I'm learning a lot in this conversation. (laughs) But you do that. Right down to the nurses, um, when when you enter for an office person... The patient wants to be taken care of. Yes. And I also tell my students, you know, even though I think I'll laugh a few times in the office with you and you know, saying I'm in the I'm in the patient happiness business, that's the kind of fun side of it. But the truth of the matter is creating that experience uh, makes the patient feel confident. And not to go too far off the rails, because I've seen one or two of your podcasts, which are fantastic. And your guests, I love to see that these progressive guests aren't talking about being brave and, you know, coming forth. Because I'm a big transparency person, too. I think that, you know, this whole country, leadership in general, is going to get to the point where if you have full transparency, then it's easier to lead. And it's easier for people to come forward. Where I'm going with that is when they have a safety environment. I think safety is huge for patients. It's huge for anyone. And they feel safe in the environment and then you explain it and then you're like, listen, from here forward, they're also gonna take care of your insurance needs. That to me is being a good physician in general because the patient is not just a structural problem. They're more intricate. My wife might say I am a structural problem, but that's another story. (laughs) And you do have a first class staff. Too easy, I'm not touching that. You have a great staff, and uh, absolutely, the, you uh, you all do a, a wonderful job of making a patient feel welcome and feel at home. So, you know, I go to you because I have this generational thing that's kind of followed me. Uh, my grandfather had it, my father had it, gout, and that gout flares up, and then I'm just in trouble. But what other kinds of feet issues do you help people with in your practice so that they can continue to lead on their feet? I think the easiest thing, and when I tell people, I just happen to have a prop here from my telemedicine, but... Oh, you, know, you got a prop? There's, there's, 20, <laughs> there's 26 bones in this foot. Okay. When you really look at what it is, the arch flattens, the arch comes up, and the foot inverts, everts, goes up and down. But it's basically a locking and unlocking medicine mechanism, that is, because we're really bipedal. So for bipedal... And we have to lock and unlock. Well, you know, you want to keep that structure. So everything from shoe gear to the way you stand, stretching, exercising, you know, that's all very important to keep good foot health. But so is the uh, arch support itself. Your normal plantar fasciitis, you know, heel pain, um, big toe j- t- big toe joint jamming, uh, which is part of what you have, plus the gout uh, problem. You know, all these pressure points, you don't have to go to med school. I tell people that the ball of the foot and the heel take all the pressure, and then you've got all these keystones in the archway that can kind of collapse or strain. If you don't have anything balancing out that act, of course you're going to be uncomfortable. It can radiate to the ankle, knee, hip, and low back. So foot health is very, very important for everyday life. Yeah, that's interesting because we may not always think of it as radiating up as you describe it there. Wonderful. 
So you've helped uh, people with those types of issues. And I've also seen some of your work where uh, for our our female guests who may be listening, who may uh, maybe because of high heels may have had some situations. You do some work around that as well. Well, it's interesting because cosmetic foot surgery really had a bad rap because of the uh, the binding of the feet, the, mm-hmm. the shortening, or can you make things look prettier and skinnier? In reality, uh, mine are the main problems uh, with the big toe joint or the bunion deformity. Toes are simple. They're either too long or they get pushed up in the air or you have that, or you have them clawed. So within all that, an exception of the bump in the back of the heel, which we call the pump bump, that rubs, these types of problems are mainly structural, but they become unsightly and they're easy to correct. So we have created a cosmetic, corrective cosmetic foot surgery line uh, to help with these problems. Wonderful. So you covered the gamut. We're talking about the importance to, of leading on our feet. Uh, we'll have more with Dr. Moore right after this brief commercial break. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the leadership accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Melissa Agnes, author of Crisis Ready, Building an Invincible Brand in This Uncertain World. And that's what I do. I help leaders build invincible brands. And you're listening to the Keep Leading podcast with Eddie Turner. Want to acknowledge some folks who are really helping us here on the Keep Leading podcast as we do every week. I want to start off with my friends over at Grand Heron International. The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive during uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the coaching assistance program giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. And my friends over at Goldman Sachs, you'll see this one coming up here. Goldman Sachs is a sponsor of the Keep Leading Podcast this month. And you want to visit gs.com slash Launch with GS. GS.com slash launch with GS for their special new program that they have unveiled. And of course, I'm talking to Dr. Robert Moore. Uh, he's not a paid uh, guest, <laughs> but I do want to show his website. His website is MFA, which stands for more foot and ankle, MFA specialist.com. And you'll see this uh, beautiful illustration of the foot on his homepage that he uh, does so well in, in helping people. want to talk also about Doug Witte. Doug Witte is a friend of the show, so that's it for our paid ads. Doug Witte is a friend of the show, and for Doug Witte, what we're going to do is let you know that his book went on sale yesterday for pre-launch. He is releasing a new book. It's called Business Blind Spots. Eliminate hidden business challenges for exponential growth. We encourage you to visit keepleadingpodcast.com. And on the keepleadingpodcast.com website, of course, you get the 
audio, you get any of the videos that I've made for the guests, a link to the guest book, and the actual transcription of every episode. For video episodes like this, there will also be a regular episode. You visit keepleadinglive.com and you will have access to watching the video. If you like the Keep Leading Podcast, we'll ask you to hit the like button on the Apple website. And if you don't mind, write a review for us. We welcome that opportunity as well. All right. I'm back with Dr. Robert Moore, and he's helping us understand how we lead on our feet. If our feet are hurting, we can't be. <laughs> it affects how we show up, literally. And uh, Dr. Moore described before the break how it's not just actually the feet, but even how that reverberates up and affects other parts of our body. So foot health is important. What is something that we should be aware of in terms of the biggest challenges that you you face, you see coming into your office that we could do to avoid any foot issues? Well, you know, as you age, the foot does become, well, like most things, the joints will start to take a little bit of a beating. You know, you're a great example. Sometimes there are just FedEx jumping off of cars, you know, by construction workers, even mail handlers. They just, you know, their feet, if they don't keep their arch support, the right types of shoes, things in balance, it's going to accelerate. Others are more functional. And if you don't mind me um, picking on you a little bit, <laughs> then, why not? <laughs> you know, ground it, and it actually goes up and down. When you don't have support, the odd thing about the big toe joint is it gets jammed. So the two things I would stick with people is not not just focusing on a great shoe or a great arch support and things of that nature, but just the, the great foot health during the day is having the right support and the right tilt of the foot. So for example, if you're going to go to Costco and run around and push a heavy cart, don't wear your flip-flops. Just little easy things like that because it'll jam the big toe joint up in the air. And then when it's jammed, the, the actually white cartilage, looks just like the inside of a chicken bone, something of that nature, that white cartilage gets you know beat up on the joint. And then after time, it peels away and aches. You're, next thing you know, you're taking your anti-inflammatories and you know trying to creep it out of bed. So good foot health, I think, is a ticking time clock type of thought process, which is go out and live life, go exercise, do the things you need to do, but make sure that you have the right support and you don't have like a longevity activity without it. Wonderful. So the type of shoes we wear matter and we have to give attention to that. And of course, I, uh, uh, as you've told me, diet affects all that as well, more than what we might even realize. That, you know, it's, what's great is not to dip into the, into the COVID crisis, but you know, there's so many things out there like your rheumatoid arthritis, gout, things that are odd, like immunosuppressive problems. Anything that creates an immune complex can land inside the joints and not only cause inflammation or even just good old-fashioned arthritis uh, from taking a beating or working hard. But that long-term inflammatory marker, it can erode away at the cartilage. And going back to the support issue, you know, there's so many over-the-counters and things you can make as well, uh, like the supports, I believe I made you at the office as well. Uh, the key is is in reality just making sure the feet are at a good support but tilted slightly inwards. So even I want to go back to that for a tip for your listeners, unless somebody wants to call in with a particular problem, is that when you have a shoe that supports the arch 
and everyone makes one, Reebok, Nike, Asics, New Balance, all the makers make a shoe that is not as squishy and mm -hmm. won't fall inwards. So if you do, even if you're not a pronator, you're not a, you have a neutral foot or you have a very stable supinated foot, if you just buy a shoe that's firmer with the inside reinforced in the archway, um, it'll last better and that'll be, it's, that'll be, that'll be good for your longevity for all your joints. Uh, and then to go back to the inflammatory problems, yeah, if you keep control of that, um, you know, you will have better joint health. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that is on the horizon right now, just like they're talking about inflammation and immune complexes for the uh, interior of the arteries, organs, and, and uh, those things aging as well. Absolutely. And you taught me that, hey, when you buy a new pair of running shoes or, that you, or sneakers, whatever you want to call them, take out that little foam that's in there because that's no good and then put an insert in either the custom ones that a, a physician like you makes or uh, the inserts, as you mentioned, that they can get from those other providers. And there, there are, there's also brands of shoes that have that kind of support built in. And they, and again, I'd say someone who's at the store that you can try a few pair on is, is a good way to start. But I just wanted to add that not all of them have to take them out, but you're right. You know, 80% is some fluffy thing inside that just, is made to uh, have the consumer feel like they're on uh, memory foam. That's the only thing that's good for is the bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not good for a good run. So sure. Andrea, thank you for joining us. And she says she has a question for you, Dr. Moore. Sure. She says, what is going on if you wake up and your feet top and bottom? Oh my, top and bottom hurt. I roll them on a wiffle ball and that makes me feel better. Then once I walk around a minute, it goes away. Any insight on that? We're a simple animal. We're designed to survive. And we have a certain nervous system that once you confuse the painful area, it does cover the pain up. The analogy is hitting your elbow against the wall and rubbing it to uh, make it feel better. So the pain's still there, Andrea, but what's happening is that warmed up feeling is really just confusing the nerve ending. So I caution my patients where top of the foot pain, you might have a metatarsal stress reaction or bottom, you might have some plantar fasciitis. When you do too much to cover up the pain, you may be making it worse. So warm it up, go ahead and make it feel better. But I wouldn't say continuing to run around on something that's already angry is necessarily the best thing to do. Wonderful. So thank you for submitting your question, Andrea. And of course, thank you for the answer, Dr. Moore. Now, you said that today is your online day. There was a technical term for it, though. Telemedicine, is that it? Yes. Okay, so this is your telemedicine day. How's that working out for you during this time of COVID? Uh, quite frankly, it's great. <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only time I can actually, patients don't see this. I have probably half of my patients right now, Eddie, that don't even know what I look like. You know, it's funny because when I saw you, yeah. that's what I was yeah. thinking. I was like, I haven't seen that guy in a while. <laughs> you saw me last time with masks. Right. Well, it's great to talk to them. It's also um, interesting because a lot of folks in my profession, it's COVID has made me rethink my office where I have someone who, who's really in a bad way, bad shoulder, can't get the walker to get into my office. Yeah. You start thinking to yourself, what's worse? Uh, just like Andrea, you know, just beating herself up to get all the way to my office and getting and finally there, her foot's killing her are doing a quick telemedicine. So it's been great for both myself and my patients. It's uh, got a lot of perks with the exception of me performing 
a physical exam, of course. Well, good. And by the way, she says, okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So is there a a top question that you're getting from patients during this time of COVID, there's a lot of uncertainty and maybe even it's not even foot related when they come in and they just say, Hey, listen, uh, can I ask you this, Dr. Moore? Oh yeah. It's, it, it is, it is straight COVID related. And, and what we do is we stick with the CDC and all the recommendations. And of course we're going over the top with everybody being masked, everybody, including myself doing a temperature and making that transparent on the wall. So they feel safe back to my favorite word, of course, but as for the feet, you know, I just tell them, you know, listen, wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes. Don't touch your nose. Don't touch your mouth. I may have touched a couple of times with you, too. We, we teach a lot, of, a lot of health that way uh, because our patients are in a lot of gyms. I see athletes who are more apt to be closer to people and to catch COVID, even though some of these folks are younger and they think they're invincible. So I see it more than you think, but there's no real direct foot health connection uh, with the exception of the patient population I see. I do see younger and older. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these, I see a lot of elderly patients and, and sadly, going back to telemedicine, this has been great for me because I can talk to them because sadly, I, I can't have someone who's 90 years old coming into my office when this uh, virus is peaking. Right, right. It's a bit so unfortunate for us, but what a nice provision to be able to get you digitally. And I'm happy to get you digitally as a result. I don't think I'd get you otherwise. <laughs> you are VIP, but most of our patients are. You can always get in. <laughs> That's what happens when you become an older practitioner. But yeah, it's, uh, again, uh, the joke is, you know, I have a job because of this problem. I don't think it's going away. When your feet hurt, uh, we do have that more of an immediate need to see someone. It's, it's hard to blow off, if you will, if you need to get somewhere. Uh, and, and, and again, thanks for an, uh, asking and discussing the, t- the leadership issues because teaching is such an important part mm-hmm. of uh, handing down good care. And by the way, I should say that Dr. Moore is so good. I actually passed probably 50 on the way to see him because he's about an hour away from me. <laughs> so Freysent, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, has also joined us from LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us, Freysent. And his question, Dr. Moore, to you is, how much of sports injuries will increase due to the increased time off for the sports person? That's interesting. Especially a sport like football. I mean, you've got, and basketball, you've got to be hardened and ready. They always talk about someone who's been out and, oh, they'll just jump right back in because they've been in good shape. Uh, no, you gotta you got to be on the court. you got to be on the field. I think that uh, you're right, that you, injuries are imminent and they should be extra careful, practice with caution, and then maybe, you know, try to simulate things. Not to go too far off the rails, but, you know, sometimes when people go back with a work injury, they'll do what's called work hardening. So they'll put through physical therapy to, to make sure they can go back to that construction site and do what they need to do. So I'm hoping that these teams – especially all the way down to the level of, you know, junior high and high school, uh, they're, they're keeping these kids up to speed and these athletes so they don't, just don't run back onto the field and hurt themselves. Excellent. So true. So thank you for the answer and thank you for the question, Freysunt. And I'm hoping I, I got that right. Excellent. I want to uh, go back to something that we t- touched on earlier, but want to dig in a little bit more specifically when it comes to one of the ways to uh, have optimal foot health is to control inflammation and to control our diet, which is the weight that we're putting on the feet. 
And you are not just a podiatrist, but you actually wrote the book on this, uh, the book of knowledge, the body of knowledge, rather, the complete weight management system for a lifetime of health. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? I really wrote it out of passion and wanted to take what I did while I was in med school was I worked at the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco to be not only a trainer, but help people have more diet-related health on uh, the financial district down there. So there was, it was a nice population. Once I put it back in the book, obviously with people being on their feet, I noticed in my practice, I had a lot of overweight patients. So I figured that was my duty to teach that as well. We took it down into something that's really hard. We want to empower patients. We want to empower them on how, you know, what do we know? What would we pass down to you that we can take out of the physician lockbox? And it's, actually not that hard. We, we kind of stay on an infrastructure of meal frequency. The simple formula is food releases insulin. Insulin stores food and fat. Bigger meal, bigger storage signal, more fat storage. So all the things you've heard about diet and fitness, meal frequency is big. It's a big driver of body composition. And then of course, fitness, we try to do more of a innate natural workout from core, working to the extremities, you know, the, the push and pull muscles, the way we operate with simple walking, you know, climbing a fence, mm-hmm. um, you know, just basic survival moves and staying in shape. So it was, it was a pleasure to write it. It was a little complicated in the beginning, but to answer your question, Eddie, it's more of an empowerment book that if I do a few of these things, I can keep myself in better shape, keep the weight off, and maybe even have a little bit more lean mass have a better body composition instead of focusing on weight. And you are the epitome of that. <laughs> I mean, you live it. And every time, even when I see you, I know that when I see, I'm in the office and I see you throw that bar down, <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> so it's wonderful. Not, I'm a little selfish because if I gain too much weight, my knees hurt. So <laughs> I got, uh, there, there's, a, there's a bar for myself too, but it just feels good. And like any kind of place you've been or even, um, you know, your runner's high. I would say just be in better shape. It's just a great place to be. And um, also you've got that duty, I think, not to keep dragging it back to your leadership theme. I, I just can't be that hypocrite <laughs> who's preaching these things but doesn't walk the walk. And talk yes. No, you truly are a leader in that me- method as well, that manner. I'm not sure where Andrea is from or Fraser, but here in the States, I think. <laughs> uh, Fraser says, in obese people, what hits harder first, the knees or the ankles? I would have to say a little of both, but ironically, um, the knees do take most of the abuse. Where the foot problems come in, of course, is the arch dropping. What is your genetics? Not to go too far off in the distance, but you'll see some of these people now uh, when you watch them walk, you'll see the ones that really bow inwards. You see the arch collapsing. And then, of course, that buckles the knees. And so they're both connected. The answer is is really, you know, which one takes the most abuse? And then it's a ticking time bomb, like we talked about earlier. Um, for instance, the white cartilage that's attached to the bone is, is very tenuous. And once it pulls free, that's just accelerated arthritis. And obese patients, I would say the impact is probably more on the archway. But then again, if it's stooping down to grab something and then picking up, the knees take most of the abuse. Dennis Murray 
is uh, listening to us from LinkedIn. So welcome, Dennis. He says, my problem is when I'm sitting down working on my feet, they swell during that time. I am not overweight, but my height is at 6'4". But when I'm cycling, I don't have that problem. What do you suggest? Well, there's standing desks. There's you know ways to get up and down. Um, you would think that I, I don't need being in good shape, any kind of support, but I love wearing the support stockings, Dennis. You can literally go onto Amazon, look for the number 20 millimeters of mercury, MM, capital HG. It's just a pressure term. So 20 millimeters of mercury, uh, 30 is a little tight, but what happens is the veins have a one-way valve, and this one-way valve lets, lets the uh, blood stop from coming down from above. And if the, if the artery, sorry, if the vein swells and the valve comes down, well, then all the blood pools to the bottom of the feet. And then while you're trying to circulate it back to the heart, when you're sitting down, sometimes the weight of your torso can also pinch off the venous blood return. And that's why your ankles swell, swell so much when you sit down. Uh, cycling, of course, the calves are contracting. They're forcing the blood back to the heart. So nothing I've never seen. I don't think you have a problem unless you have varicosities and things of that nature. But I would go ahead and get some support stockings if you're sitting a lot during these times. And then make sure every 15 minutes you stand up and type a little bit, uh, do a lap in the office, and then sit back down. Thank you for answering Dennis's question. Thank you, Dennis, for submitting the question. Dr. Moore, I've enjoyed talking to you. What's the overarching theme you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Uh, as, for, as for good foot health, it's just like we talked with Andrea. If you do think about what you're wearing and you have that support, you get your anti-pronatory shoes, your, your, your stabilizer running shoes. Um, ironically, you know, if you do go out to church, a nice event uh, with a small heel, that'll, that'll also help. And you're conscious about supporting your feet, then, of course, they're going to treat you right as age goes on. In regards to um, everything else um, and, and leadership qualities, it's uh, it's just it's communications. Again, this is actually my practice and what um, Eddie's talking about on his on his platform. It's transparency, information, communication. Don't forget to tell your physician everything in your background. Little things are important. Guillain-Barre is a viral disease that affects the side of the leg. You know who knows what's out there, but the main thing is. And is coordination of care with all your physicians, especially your endocrinologists if you have diabetes, which we all know has have problems in the feet. So my, my take-home message is structurally, really watch the condition of your feet condition-wise, you know, strengthen up everything from the calves, thighs, hamstrings, all the way up. But in effect for strengthening the foot, that's a, a, something else I didn't mention I want to give our, your listeners is to really focus on massage, uh, things of that nature, but not so much on trying to overwork it, strengthen it. I get that question a lot. Uh, so feet are more of a structural issue and maintenance issue uh, and not so much of a strengthening unless you're going higher up. Excellent. 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 And is there any uh, quote that you use in, in your leadership, a favorite quote that you have, or is there the, the best piece of advice you've ever received as a leader that you'd like to share with the audience? Teach by giving away wisdom. I think a lot of people hold certain tips, secrets, perks, like, uh, like it's a little piece of myself. It's powerful. Boy, if I, you know, this, you know, this is, if I give this to them, 
well, then, um, you know, there goes my IP, if you will. <laughs> I feel like if, if that's all relinquished, uh, then you're really putting something out there into the world. And you got time for one quick one? Sure. We'll sneak one quick one in that just came in. By the way, Dennis is saying thank you Probably. for your answer. And from uh, YouTube, an answer just came in. I have a question. I am five foot three and weigh 144 pounds. Am I okay or am I fat? The BMI says I'm overweight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Putting me on the spot, faithful. <laughs> no, actually, I'm going to give you a funny answer because I'm, you know, obviously, since I wrote that book, I'm big on body composition. Now, BMI is a screen, it's not a terrible thing. But for the average human being that is so tall and, you know, such a certain width, uh, it's a great screen. But for example, I myself, I'm right on the edge of being overweight. It doesn't matter if my body fat gets down into single digits because it's a it's a weight and height curve. So yes, the shorter people will have a harder time with a BMI. So I would look more into your body composition, uh, your lean to fat mass. There are impedance scales. There's a plethora of devices out there that can measure you know what your lean to fat mass is, and that is actually what I go for. Also, you can log on to the NIH, National Institute of Health, and they have a new graph that's uh, BMI, which is, of course, height and weight. And they also mix in one more variable, which is waist circumference. So it's more accurate. Where can my listeners learn more about you? Uh, you know, the best is just uh, usually perusing my YouTube channel, the website in general. My blog is probably half the content with which is not the best. It's one of, it's kind of like you. It's my way to talk about new procedures or even be a little bit esoteric and say how I feel about other issues in the world. I would lean towards, towards YouTube and the uh, website. The drop down menu is designed to go right to your area of problems, look at the, at the landing page, and then maybe find out a little bit more about your problem. Fantastic. So I'm going to put all that in the show notes so everybody can click uh, very easily and get access to booking an appointment with you. If they have more questions than what they got a chance to get answered today, go see Dr. Dr. Robert Moore, everybody. Again, he's my personal podiatrist. He literally keeps me standing, keeps me on my feet. Go see him, connect with him, watch his videos because he's done some really impressive things. And by the way, I didn't say it. He's also been covered a lot on the local media here in Houston. So he is the man. If you're looking for someone to help you with your feet and your ankles, stop. Here's your man. Go see him. <laughs> Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with me here on the Keep Leading Podcast, on Keep Leading Live, and helping us learn how we can lead on our feet if we're going to keep leading, Dr. Moore. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. That concludes this episode, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is action. Leadership is an activity. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment that we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So whatever you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. 
please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.